Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Joining us on this week's program from the greatest city in the world, San Francisco, California, and environs. I'm not sure exactly where where in the Bay Area he's living these days. Uh, one of our favorite stand-up comedians, a uh, great old friend of ours, the host of the W. Kamau Bell Curve, uh, uh, now a, a podcaster. He's returned to podcasting recently. Uh, w. Kamau Bell, welcome to the Sound of Young... Well, welcome to Jordan Jesse Go, I should say. <laughs> Thanks. God, I'm glad just be... madness going on in my brain today. I'm glad to be on whatever show this is. Okay. <laughs> I'll accept whatever show you say it is. If this Look, is the O'Reilly Factor, I'm fine. Why don't we just do half an hour and just see how it turns out? <laughs> exactly. See All what right. it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if I start Start ranting about immigrants? Sure, that's how it happens. Yeah. Um, great to have you here, Kamau. You're, you're podcasting these days, right? You've you got, you got a relatively new podcast with Vernon Reed. Yeah. <laughs> yes, which is, which, you know, when I was a teenager, that would have blown my mind. And even as a non-teenager, it's still pretty funny. I don't know who Vernon Reed is. Well, you know what? You suck. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> See you guys I'm later. No, 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 no. I, what's wrong with you? Are you not a 35-year-old black guy that loves rock and roll music? Well, that's Sorry, the that's oh, now it makes problem. sense. I thought yeah. you were. I thought you were, Jordan. And now that that we've cleared, I that have up. been to a Fishbone concert. Oh well, this is. <laughs> I mean, this is related to. I mean, it's not. It's sort of like uh, it's. If you know Fishbone, do you know Living Color? Sure, yes. Vernon Reed is the guitar player from Living Color. What? Why do you do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, yeah, it's sort, yeah. Of, it's, it's sort of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, he's uh, also the le- to he, to his credit, also the sort of like the uh, the spiritual leader of the Black Rock Coalition yes, and the, the whole. That's why he's related to Fishbone. Okay, yeah, I mean, I just feel like it, a little bit. I think Fishbone and Living Color are like. Like Spider Man and Superman, like they sort uh-huh. of they are the leaders of their universe, but they sure. exist they in don't different really, universes. Yeah, sure. they, don't, they don't really cross over too much. I saw I've seen one show where they were on the same show, but they didn't talk at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so I've been a fan of Living Color since back in the day, which is a long time ago now. And uh, and thanks to Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been, always been a fan of Vernon. Reed. You know, when you like a band, you like one more than everybody else. Sure. So Vernon Reed was the guy I liked more than everybody else. Well, I else. think he's the he's, he's the main the guy. guy. He's, he's he writes the guy. a lot of the songs. He's, yeah. He's considered to be one of the great. Is this, this is one players. of the this is one of the bands where the lead singer is not the main guy. Yes. This okay. is, that is absolutely true. And yeah. Vernon Reed is like you say one of the great. I mean, he's really he's one of those guys that's like he's revered. He yes. he is a he's on Rolling Stones top hundred guitar players of all time. Yeah. Which also, John Mayer is too. So everything's not perfect. <laughs> everything's not perfect. But uh. But yeah, he's he uh, guitar electric guitar shredding nerds. Vernon Reed is one of the guys. Okay, so. sure. But he's also a big jazz dude. He's just sort of he's sort of weird. He made an album with Prince Paul at one point, if yes. I remember correctly. Yes, he did. He's that guy. He's done lots of things like that. Where you'll you'll be in the if you look in the if you go to like classic old used record stores and you look at the Vernon Reed section, you're like, what is this? <laughs> like you know, Bill Laswell and all sorts of weird New York heads. But, um. So you so so you wait. Do you met Vernon Reed on Twitter? Yes, that's that's my story. What is 
your podcast about? You're a comedian. He's a well, the name of technical it, guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Where does uh, where There's do you guys soul meet in, in the his middle? Guitar playing, Jordan. Don't. don't I'm sorry. It's not all technical. It's not a. Yeah, it King is. He's the Black Ingve Mamstein. I was going to go King Crimson, but that's where I go. Uh, I was going to say Mr. Bungle. Okay. Wow. Like, that's like, <laughs> so we've the several. That's art fun. Run. Yeah. Uh, it's called. Well, here's what. Ha- so on Twitter, I was in New York doing my show a year ago. And he's on Twitter, and he's a very active Twitterer, and he talks to people. So I thought, why not just invite him to your show in New York, you know? Just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. And I sent him a thing, and I sent him my link to my website. He's like, I have this show, and it's 140 characters, which everybody knows. I don't know why I'm explaining that. But <laughs> trying to get a lot, trying to make Wait, it sound Wait, now, what creepy. website are you using here? Twitter? Yeah, I don't think, Twitter. It, I don't think that overlaps with our audience. So yeah, it's good sorry, to explain. Just, it. It's I'm just one of those you... things that doesn't. Okay. Yeah, our audience just doesn't mean anything. It just won't mean anything Twitter, to them. 140 characters. Yeah. So I had to send a very heartfelt, thoughtful uh, entreaty to Vernon Reed in 140 mm. characters. I, I don't what did do you choose to focus on? Uh, I think it was... Come to show website. <laughs> You're great. Me like you. Me like you. Come out. I think it was something like that. It was befriend. 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 <laughs> hero. No, you my hero. I'm not your hero. Something like that. It was very. It was very. Me un- not crazy. It was very unfrozen caveman lawyer. Okay. What it was. <laughs> uh, which is a reference I haven't used ever. But uh, but I so I sent him this tweet and he got back to me right away and he goes, Oh, that's my birthday. I'll be there. And I'm like. Why would you come Why on your would birthday? Vernon Reed, <laughs> shouldn't you be having sex with Blondie or something? Yeah, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't there be, I don't know, something else? You live in New York? I'm in Debbie New York. Harry, her name's not Blondie. Don't email me. Yeah, this, is very, that, this is the demographic of the show, I see. Uh, but so he said <laughs> Nit, it's my... Nitpicking. Yeah. There will be a lot of nitpicking. <laughs> yeah. So it's good that you didn't say that Spider-Man and Superman existed in the same universe. Oh, other yeah. than we wouldn't be able to function for That would have been weeks. a train wreck I of the first I even order. questioned if Spider-Man and Superman were the leaders of their respective universe, but I'm glad we didn't get into that. Yeah. Because uh, Batman probably has something to say about that. Anyway, because uh, Batman's real. Uh, so <laughs> and so I, to- I sent him this thing, and he said, it's my birthday, I'll come. And I was like totally blown away. And then he didn't show up. And so after the show, like the show went great, but I'm like, "Mm, stupid. And my wife and my mom are there, and we stupid show business, dumb. And as I'm sort of having this sort of like, you have a you have a bouquet of wilted flowers, a heart shaped (laughs) box of chocolates, the cake. People started picking at the cake that was in his face. Oh yeah, that was made in his face image. And uh, (laughs) he bounds up the stairs like as soon as the show ended in classic rock star timing. Like, did I miss it? Uh, <laughs> like you know the show's been over for a half hour you came yeah and so then he's like oh I'll come back again and so he came back again and w- liked it and then we started having random Twitter conversations and then he came to San Francisco and we had a phone conversation and we talked for like two hours and we started having random con- we, we sort of you know it was like high school conversations between uh, two uh, like two Young girls talking about boys and hair. Sure, and, uh, sure. And then he is a big podcast. He, he talks about podcast. He had heard me on Marin's podcast, and he's a big podcast listener. And so we talked about the idea of he should, he should have a podcast. Is like, and I think I should be on it. And so we've released two episodes. We've recorded many, but <laughs> when the, your main tech guy is also the lead guitar player in a Grammy Award winning band that's on tour, it's hard <laughs> to get him to mix the episodes down. So. There is a there is a flood of material just waiting at the gate of uh, you being best friends with of Vernon me being, Reed of from me going, color. That's so funny. I guess I still have the question. What do you guys talk well, about? Well, the name of the po- this will help. In the name, the name okay. of the podcast is the Field Negro Guide to Arts and Culture. Okay, so we talk about arts and culture from the perspective of two field Negroes, which is just black people who like you know a black guitar player, a black electric guitar player sure. who's not your average Negro, and me who is just 
not your average Negro. So we really just it's like it's like any podcast. It's just we're the two people talking about the stuff. The part know? that I am still processing about this, I feel like this is if I had grown up to host co-host a podcast with former Chicago Cubs first baseman Mark Grace. Um, <laughs> like this yeah. is because before I found out about this, like I knew about your personal, like cultural, emotional commitment to the sort of that sort of like late '80s Black Rock Coalition yes. world. I'm sort of pretty, yeah, I'm pretty upfront about it. Once you know me for about a half hour, it comes out in conversation. Do you guys feel like maybe down the line, if the down podcast the is successful, you line. can build? You some might have bridges. a sexual relationship. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to call it, building you bridges, would sexual relationship. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask if uh, if maybe you guys would invite Doctor Mad Vibe on the show at some point. <laughs> Well, that's the funny thing is he he because he's been around for long he knows everybody and has stories about everybody. Yeah. He'd be like blah blah blah. That person's like, oh, that guy's a jerk. And you're like, <laughs> oh, so and the the fishbone living color thing is very much like Spider Man and Superman, where they they've been in issues of comic books together. Sure, but it doesn't happen that often. Okay, so Doctor right, Madman, maybe I would okay. Love to get to the I know I don't know Vernon Reed. That's, I'm that's only semi aware of the band. Mm-hmm. If all of his but stories... You, to be fair, you are the leader of a cult of personality. Yes, <laughs> sure, yes. yeah. and, you, and you are wearing spandex right now. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, if all of his stories about famous people start out, yeah, he's a real jerk, oh, is not, maybe Vernon Reed the not jerk. Not all of them. I didn't mean to say okay. that. Just Moby. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> no, I not all, but, no, this... Okay, this is are you saying that the man who opened up a tea house in Brooklyn is a jerk? <laughs> Maybe Perish I am. the thought. Maybe I'm. I'm, n- I'm not trying to break stories. Here's a great example He's of a jerk. Vernon Reed uh, of how the, we were. So I brought him with me to. Uh, I did some interviews at Sirius Satellite Radio in New York, and it, we were hanging out that day. I was like, "You want to come to my interviews?" So I walk into these interviews, and some of the people were like, "Why are you with Vernon Reed?" And some people were like, "Who's this dude you're with?" So, but it was really funny to walk in with this dude. So we're walking down the hallway of Sirius Satellite Radio, and coming straight at us down the hallway is basically what I would describe as a human Mardi Gras float that I realized was Martha Stewart. Like, <laughs> wow. it was just down the middle of the hallway, slowly, people are getting out of the way of her. She's like, just walking straight down. She's really tall. She's over six feet tall. Oh, wow. She has tiny men under her suspending her it's, with cables. Yes, yes. Like, it was, yes. tethering her down with and cables. I, and I'm having this experience like, that's freaking Martha Stewart. And Vernon goes, Martha! And, <laughs> and, <they> start, <laughs> and it was just like, why do you know Martha Stewart? Uh. And he's like, oh, we were on a, we were on, the, on Paul Allen's yacht on a trip one time. <laughs> like, oh, of course, Paul Allen, the billionaire from Microsoft, and you, Martha Stewart, are all hanging out together. Wow. Can we just announce that this is the greatest interracial partnership of all time? Yes. This Mar- is, <laughs> there is Better than no... Eddie Murphy and Judge Reinhold. Yes. This, that is the most fantastic thing I've ever heard in my life. That's what I'm telling you. And he and it was funny. I was sitting there having this like, that's Martha Stewart. He's like, I ah. don't think I can think of a better white person for him to be friends with. Exactly. Is this a better odd celebrity pairing than uh, Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones? I think we need to ask ourselves. Oh, that's a serious question. I don't think they're as close as Al Gore and Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, I think they're probably more casual friends. They're not. I didn't know Al Gore and Tommy Lee. Jones oh, they were, were college roommates. Oh, to- oh, you know, it's, here's what I just have to. I thought I was thinking Tommy Lee from Motley Crue for a second. <laughs> so yeah, mine tops that it. Would mine be. tops it. Then I was like, well, Tommy Lee. And Th- no, then yeah, mine tops it. Definitely. That would be pretty amazing. That's- okay, well, we'll have more uh, on Jordan Jesse go when we come back in just a second.
It is Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. With us, W. Kamau Bell. You can make up a nickname if you'd like, Kamau. I don't want to pressure you. Oh, that's well, give me another segment. I'll okay. come up with something. We, we'll give you some time. We'll yeah. give you a little breathing room yeah. so you can be ready. You know what I like about this program? Hmm. Um, people sometimes email me. This program as a whole or this particular this episode? Particular of this particular episode of this okay. program. Sweet. People sometimes will email me and say, why do you put on that weird radio voice? Sure. This is just how I talk. Mm-hmm. In my day-to-day life, it's my own voice. I would say that you are downplaying the affect for the radio. Yeah. It's even more ridiculous in casual conversation. You can't hear me twirl my mustache yeah. as I talk. But what I like is uh, being, uh, I'm going to guess... Six five two twenty, being bigger than me, uh, which is I think when you get to like a certain, I'm even bigger than that. Even the what, really the bigger than that, Jiminy mm. Christmas. Yeah. So when you get to be like about my size, which is like I don't know, like I'm probably ninetieth percentile or something like that. Um, you start to really notice when someone is bigger than you because it's sort of shocking. <laughs> you, yeah, no, I know that feeling. You don't really notice how small people are. You like feel sometimes like maybe you have to fight them. Yeah, for exactly. you know, for dominance yeah. and of, uh, of the pride. Being as that Kamau <clears throat> has that frame, mm-hmm. being as that this is a man that is bigger than me, he also has the uh, the appropriate sort of basso profundo voice <laughs> that makes that makes my voice sound less like a ridiculous radio joke. Well, I'm glad to be able to make that happen. I'm glad to be able to support this program in any way possible. I'll even go deeper. I'll go, you'll never find. I'll go Barry White on you. <laughs> wow, that's great. Um, I want to apologize. I was a few minutes late for our taping today. Mm-hmm. Um, Kamau had arrived b- before I got here. Um, I arrived just as you were arriving, Jordan. I feel terrible about it. I pitched a big star fit. Your staff was... I know. They really had to handle it. I know, especially Coco, my dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, she had to do some tricks to keep yes. you happy. You More. mean the production coordinator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she, she can jump high. <laughs> I, um, I, I, have a good, I have a good excuse. I had a meeting with, with my friends at the Apple Corporation, but uh, that's not the excuse. The real excuse is uh, that I bought a fruit picker. Yes, I, I I didn't even know what that was, and when you said when you had it and held it, I was like, I don't know what you're saying. I, I recognize the words, but the order doesn't make sense. I have wanted a fruit picker, Jesse. The correct term is you hired a fruit picker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I bought him. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, fair and square. Yeah, um, I I have <clears throat> wanted a fruit picker for years. I don't know where do you where do you live, Kamal? San Francisco. So you live in San Francisco. Do you live in a Do you live in one of the temperate belts of San Francisco, or in like I live, live in the inner sunset. So you don't. Not, it's a moderate. It's not yes. too cold, no, but it's yeah. it's not uh, it's not avocado tree country. No, it's definitely not avocado tree country. So I grew up in the Mission, which is sort of avocado tree country. And uh, when I was in uh, high school, I had this friend Jasmine uh, who had an avocado tree in her backyard, and. I'll tell you about having an avocado tree. Number one, avocado trees are monstrous, and they are fucking full of avocados. And the good thing about avocados is you really feel like you're getting over when you pick one out of an avocado tree because they cost like $2. Yeah. It's not like lemons yeah. or like oranges that you don't even want them, basically. With an <laughs> avocado, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, I just got $10 worth of avocados just from picking. And she had a fruit picker. And I have been fantasizing about having, A, a fruit picker-friendly lifestyle, 
and B, a fruit picker for the 10 years since I graduated from high school. I have been, this is what a fruit picker is. It's like, it's like a pole that's maybe, it's actually two poles that you bolt together that are, are total maybe, I'm going to say 10 feet long, 12 feet long. And at the end, there's a basket, a small basket that faces horizontally. And then if you can imagine, if, I, if the basket was up against my palm and my fingers were curling over the top of the basket, there's sort of an attachment made out of wire that grabs fruit out of a tree, and as you tug it down, it breaks it off the branch and it falls into the basket. You know, you know what it looks like to me? It looks like when you watch a movie that's set in the future and they create a fake sport. Uh-huh. <laughs> it looks like the thing that yeah. would be used in the fake sport of the be- of a sci-fi movie. So I I had like half an hour in between uh, in between an appointment at the bank, of course, getting a small business loan, sure. and uh, my appointment with the Apple Corporation. So I stopped by using uh, the small business loan. Yeah, I'm buying Apple, yeah. um, <laughs> and I'm I'm not buying Apple, but I, I I am buying their new social networking service. They're giving it to me for uh, two thousand dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, uh, I stopped in the Goodwill. I saw this thing. That's exactly what I thought when I saw it. I didn't even recognize it as a fruit picker, despite my fruit picker fantasies. When I saw it sitting in the, like, you know, like the oil drum that's at the back of the Goodwill. That's just, that that just has a sign on it that says tall things. (laughs) Tall things. You know, it's like oversized umbrellas. And crutches, twenty-eight-year-old supermodels. <laughs> exactly the whole the whole nine yards. I feel like the king of all fruit. What fruit is in your life that you're going to pick with this? Tiny lemons. Okay, but didn't you just? Yeah, I mean, you just said lemons weren't real fruit that mm, nobody wanted. Here's the thing: if you pick five lemons, that's not a real fruit. However, there's this tree out back behind my house. This tree has so many fucking lemons in it. It's got like <laughs> thousands of lemons in it. And all I can do is just watch them as they turn to rot because they're too high. I can't reach them. And it's sort of on a hill. At one point, I had like a chair propped against the tree on the hill. And I was climbing in the tree trying to get these lemons. And like I got one batch of one round of lemonade's worth of lemons out of this thing. And it just made me want more lemonade so badly. <laughs> are these going to be usually be used for lemonade, or are you going to use it to add add zest to certain dishes? Well, I I may use uh, I, I may, for example, use uh, the zest or the zest or the pith to mm-hmm. add zest to dishes. Um, we just got real technical around here. <laughs> uh, but it, generally speaking, it's gonna, I'm going to be juicing them. But what's what you can do? I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you guys are on board the whole lemon situation. What you can do is you pick a shitload of lemons with your fruit picker. You guys, do you have, either of you guys have a fruit picker? No. No. We're oh, normal people. That's right. I'm king of all fruit. Yes. So you pick, you can pick the lemons with the fruit picker. You pick a shitload of them. You juice them all in one fun afternoon of crazy, <laughs> a mad bacchanalia of juicing. Sure. Fun. Huh. <laughs> I guess we all had different yes. definitions of that. And yeah. then you put them, but then you put them in Tupperware. Oh yeah, layers. you take mushrooms before you oh, do yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay. Sorry. Did I mention right. the mushrooms? Uh, no, I, now it makes sense. Just eat a big handful of mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Yes. Not just regular Not mushrooms. Portobellos. Not portobellos yeah. or portinis. Um, so you 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 fill these Tupperwares with lemon juice. You put it in the freezer. You got fucking lemonade all winter long, gentlemen. All oh, winter long, finally. Yeah. This sounds like an infomercial waiting to be filmed. Are you tired of not having lemonade all winter long? <laughs> <laughs> you need a fruit picker. Here's the secret of making lemonade. I'm, this is the how-to segment of Jordan Jesse mm. Go. Uh, you want one part sugar, one part lemon juice, one part water. 
to make the su- the super intense lemonade stuff, and then you mix that with you mix that about half and half with water when you serve it. Oh, so you make like the syrup. You make a concentrate. So you essentially make a yeah. syrup or a concentrate, okay. and you can freeze the juice. You can freeze the juice in Tupperwares or freeze the lemonade stuff in Tupperwares, whatever you prefer. <laughs> and then, like I said, lemonade all winter long. I just long. feel like I'd open up his refrigerator and be all, like, all lemonade and then frozen <laughs> lemonade. and like Sure. Just like, lemonade in various states. Yeah, various states. of yeah. Are you putting some sugar around the uh, ring of the glass? Oh, absolutely. Why not? I mean, yeah, might you, as well, You right? got a little condensation. It'll stay there. Sure. It's going to be fantastic. You put a little wedge on the edge? I mean... Wedge the edge? If you're interested, you've got to wedge the edge. If you're interested in presentation. Um, if, you're, if you're, say, Martha Stewart or her yes. best friend, Vernon Reed. Vernon Reed, yes. Um, he always wedges the edge. Or their best friend, Bruce Lee. Yes. Wasn't that the name? Adding ethnicities to <laughs> adding, adding, adding Wasn't that the uh, name of In Living Colors' uh, third album, Wedge the Edge? Wedge the Edge. Yes, it was. It was. Um, and you know what? Here in Silver Lake, there's so many, like, there's so many of these fruit trees... Just around, I think I'm going to steal people's fruit. Is that allowed? <laughs> no, no I, I instantly had an image of you walking around with that fruit picker. Like you're going to make like a like a shoulder strap for it, and it'll be off the back, off the back. And you, anytime any I encounter fruit, <laughs> I mean, and if how long till? I mean, sure, you justify it to yourself, like, well, I'm just going to go, you know, get a few plums, right. Then you're just uh, you're just picking money out of a bank vault before you know it. Well, I want to have plumate all winter long. Sure, um, but what I'm what my scenario that I'm working on right now is if I'm stealing the fruit and I get caught, this is what I do. I just go, eh, just a neighbor in a bow tie. <laughs> it involves me wearing a bow tie. I probably should have you mentioned that. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 when I do the fruit picking, I will be I wearing you know that, a bow tie. Specifically, the bow tie is fruit picking wear. I, I had never known that. I knew bow tie for black Muslims. Sure. For, and sure, for, the fruit of Islam wears yeah, a bow tie. Yeah, and the late, late Senator Paul Simon from Illinois. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I did not also know for fruit picking. Political columnist George F. Will. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, no, it is specifically Orville Redenbacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you put on, you, you're going to want to wear a braces or a suspenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to want to roll your sleeves up. Yes. Wear a bow tie. And uh, preferably, if you can, wear like a brogued boot, maybe. <laughs> um, something ankle height. And you're, then you're, t- you're talking too fast. I'm trying to write this down. So and, mm. and then when you when you catch it, you just go, "Hey, just a friendly neighbor with a bow tie." Do you ever think about when you're picking the fruit? Uh, you know, and this will probably help when you're doing fruit picking over you know a longer period of time, having some sort of exclamation that you yell when you pick a piece of fruit down. I mean, it doesn't have sort to be like, like a Varshi, phrase, like Varshi blows. No, I mean, it could just be like, "Huh." Yeah. <laughs> oh, sort of like a coxswain yeah. on yes. a yes. on a sculling Hup. boat. Yeah. Hup. Yeah. That will certainly lead to the conversation with the neighbors much sooner. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, Just I'm, a yelling lunatic. Do you think it's what if somebody's fruit tree is in is like on the sidewalk? Is that a, is that legal? Mm, well, I don't think you'll come across that. No, what do you mean on the sidewalk? So you know how in Los Angeles there's an extra wide sidewalk and there's a strip of green and then a sidewalk and then people's front yards. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So plenty of people have a tree in that strip of green and sometimes it's a fruit tree. I know there's a lemon tree on my walk because sometimes I steal a lemon from it (laughs) when I'm walking my dog. You just pick it down, you rub it on your sleeve, and then you take a big (gasps) bite. Bite out of the lemon. Yeah. Just peel and all. 
Um, Bite the lemon, by the way. I mean, I'd say just use your good judgment, you know? I mean, if a tree is, you know, overflowing and and, uh, things are rotting and falling off, then it's probably okay. Do you think that there is a month-to-month estimate that you guys could make, uh, sort of an over-under on how soon it will be until I am operating a still of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, when does that happen? Because yeah. once you have more lemons than you can take, eventually it just you can't help but start to like... You start making lemon, lemon, lemon cider, whiskey or something. Lemon whiskey. Mm, lemon whiskey. Mm. I, want it, I want somebody to call in, and was, I want a legal scholar to call in and tell me, Whose fruit I can steal? Like, if their gate is open, am I allowed to go in there? If it's reaching over, what about this? There's a tree right down here in sort of like my backyard area that's reaching over the fence. Can I get the ones that are reaching over my fence? What about the ones that are reaching over onto the sidewalk from the front yard? I mean, I can say growing up, we had a plum tree reach over situation. Uh And we reached over. This all sounds like euphemisms. Yes. I was molested. <laughs> All right, I just want to be clear. That's what yeah, we're yeah, that's about. what we're talking about. Um, with had, a plum, with All a right. plum, a plum tree situation means to be molested okay. with a plum yes. by a black Muslim. The plum by a member of the, the FOI. Sure. Um, <laughs> For the we, record, Louis Farrakhan, if you're listening, I do not support that joke. Okay. <laughs> Don't kill us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and we don't worry. If there's beef between me and him, he's the king of squashing it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, we the plums were coming over into our yard, and from what I understand, and uh, it was it was all it was all kosher that we took the plums. These were kosher plums. Yeah, <laughs> these were blessed. Like? It was a rabbi's house that lived next door. And... <laughs> sure, there were no cloven hooves on the property. No. Again, I think basically what you're, all these questions you're asking are the equivalent of like if your front door is open. And I can see your TV from the street. <laughs> can't I, can't I just go take your TV? I think this is... You have to think of it like that. That's basically the same question Well, I think if asking. you have a TV picker <laughs> and a bow tie... And a bow tie. Then it is. You know, but so other, yeah. otherwise, oh, it's a legal gray area. Just a neighbor collecting TVs. <laughs> just a neighbor collecting TVs. Help! <laughs> I think that's what you should say Help. when they catch you catch it picking fruit. Just a neighbor collecting TVs. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second. I'm Jordan Jessica. la, 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 Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. W. Kamal Bell, frog whisperer. <laughs> That's not gonna. Uh, uh, give, give me another shot. Yeah, That's, yeah. Just there's there'll be there'll be two or three more. Of these, okay, so. right. You can just do whatever you want. I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, we need you to say something so we seem like less of assholes for saying it, sure. basically. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a whole different category. The whole ideas. premise of this whole operation is basically, if you don't say something, then we seem like real assholes for saying something you. when you didn't. I got you. Um, Jordan. Yes. It's been a while since we've seen each other. We're, we're it's 10 days since the last Jordan Jesse go. Yep. Um, I feel like often you, you, you have something important to share. Yeah, well, this is one of those times. Uh, uh, I was in, the reason that you haven't seen me is I've, uh, I was, I've been in Salt Lake City for a while. For a while? Uh, yeah, like five, five days-ish. SLC? Yeah. Cam- well, how'd you campaigning like against uh, gay marriage? Yes, I know. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a hard fight, but yeah. uh, it's one we're prepared to fight. Come on, just to, just to explain the situation to you, um, when Jordan isn't broadcasting Jordan Jesse Go here, he's actually in the special underwear business. Oh, mm-hmm. So oh, he okay. makes special underwear for people of faith. Uh, Salt Lake City was, uh, was, was charming, but not really a thing. It's nothing. 
Sure. I remember I went there. It's a lo- It's pretty. Sure, absolutely. The Great Salt Lake is amazing. I did not get a chance to see the Great Salt Lake. Uh, to be fair, I was kind of confined to like the downtown area where I was working. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a car to go maybe visit some of their vast wilderness or or whatever it is that that they like. I went there when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and what I remember about Salt Lake City is this: I remember that the uh, the Mormon edifices. Uh, that are you know the Mormon uh, tabernacle orifices, <laughs> the Mormons orifices. Um, the the edifices, you know, the giant genealogy building, all these things, they're pretty amazing. But you're you're not allowed to go in the tabernacle yes. if you're not yes. Mormon, yes. and you're not really there's not really any reason for you to learn whether or not you're Mormon through the medium of genealogy, unless you believe that only Mormons can go to heaven, and so. You're pretty much left with a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> well, that's, I met a Mormon guy on a plane who was talking to me about, like, he was from Salt Lake City, and he had, like, a postcard of the, this is the the play, the temple, da, 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 and he's like, oh, but you can't go in there. You know? And it's and cool. I, and, I, and, I, and I mainly thought, He's kind of rubbing it in a yeah, little bit. And I mainly thought, because I'm black, he's like, well, kind of that, but mostly because you're Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes and no. <laughs> Are you one of the mud people? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, do we say that you can now become a Mormon? Yes. yes. Do we believe it? Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are we going to be a dick about yeah. it? <laughs> um, but I remember even as a 12-year-old just being stunned at just how there just wasn't... It's almost to the point where it made you feel like their strategy was they would build these amazing Mormon things, mm-hmm. then not let you go in <clears throat> and make sure that there wasn't any other things. So that if you happen to be there, you would become Mormon just so you could check out the one thing there was. Mm. Inside there's a chocolate fountain. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Um, yeah, okay. So I saw, I mean, on on the topic of Mormonism. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of, maybe. I don't know. Somebody's going to yell at me. Whatever. On the topic of Mormonism, uh, I saw a t-shirt that I'm still thinking about. Uh, and I was, there for, I was there for the Dew Tour, the Mountain Dew action sports extravaganza. Um, very, very big in Salt Lake City, by the way. I think it's their highest attendance. What? Yes. Salt Lake City? I think they have, uh, this is like, they have six or seven stops uh, come out for you. This is a tour that Mountain Dew puts together. There's skateboarding, there's motocross, there's... Uh, were you competing? Blah, blah, or were blah, blah, you... Blah, blah. Yes, yes in, moto- in motocross. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I work for Fuel TV, which... He's uh, a professional deals motorcycle. In, <laughs> like, you know, deals been, in that sort of thing. It's been a while since I've seen you. I didn't no, know. yeah. It's sure. a podcaster slash dirt bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am a dirt bike. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Uh, but yeah, highest attendance at the uh, how many Salt people, Lake City. How many people go to this do tour? <laughs> Maybe 10,000? Are we talking 10,000? 20,000, maybe. 20,000? That's pretty solid. Sure. That's how a many... Shakira concert right there. Yeah, right? Sure. Um, also a yeah. euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> it actually also, oddly enough, means to be molested with a plum. <laughs> <laughs> a real Shakira concert. Yeah. <laughs> um... Anyway, so there, uh, you can maybe kind of imagine the type of kid that comes out to this thing. Like, you know, just like a little shithead. <laughs> <laughs> just like your typical yeah, little yeah, shithead. Yeah, like, yeah. Not, not like, you know, not they don't look violent or dangerous or anything, but they're like a little shit. Sure. Uh, and there was one of these little shits. He was maybe 15. Yeah. Wearing like uh, really big uh, kind of jorts. Uh-huh. Maybe jorts close to his ankle. What, sure. What are, what are, um... Oh, jean shorts. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Sheens was weird. <laughs> Sheens. <laughs> um, 
Anyways, then his T-shirt was a bright orange T-shirt, and it said "Legalize it." And the design on it under under "Legalize it" was the male bathroom sign surrounded by three female bathroom signs. Uh, but the the mind blowing thing about it was that the male bathroom sign had a big smile on its face, and the female bathroom signs had no face at all. <laughs> wow. Oh, so it was it. Do you think it was it was a tongue in cheek endorsement of polygamy? I mean, I th- I think it was an endorsement of polygamy, but but I, I mean, I can't imagine it was critical of it. No, yeah, polygamy. No, but I don't think it could have been. I mean, there are very f- there are very few people who sincerely support polygamy, and those people are very serious minded, obsessive relig- religious types, not fifteen year olds at the do tour. But do you think so? do you think they're that though though there might be a fifteen year old 15, who would turn out to that? Polygamy sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean you know like when sure. you, once you become an adult, you go, yeah, oh, that yeah. would be that would be crazy. I think That'd it be a really, nightmare. I think it really gets back to something I think we've probably talked about on Jordan Jesse Go before, which is children with snotty t shirts. Yes, <laughs> yes. Where they don't have their own money. <laughs> so someone bought yeah. them a T-shirt that says, like, you know, fifty percent angel, fifty percent slut, or whatever. <laughs> yes, yes. Like what? Or alternately, zero to <laughs> zero to slut in under ten seconds. Yeah, that's or, not a T-shirt. I saw that's, a, that's that kind of thing exists. Yeah, I saw zero a kid to, zero to bitch. I've seen. I've seen. Yes, I've seen that. I saw a teenager who looked maybe fifteen that was wearing one of those T-shirts that you get at like the Cabo Wabo Cantina. Sure. That says one tequila, two tequila, three sure. tequila floor, <laughs> and you're like. This is a 15-year-old. Like, A, where did he get it? <laughs> B, wait, who are the parents who are so, like, morally vacant <laughs> that, they're just, that they're just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, fuck it. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I plus saw... Plus, when 15, one tequila is plenty. Sure. <laughs> that's really more than enough. That's a, I'm and that's not a even good against piece of teenage advice. drinking. Yeah. I just don't want kids to be like... I, I don't think that, like, I'm against all people... I'm against all people having T-shirts where the subtext is, hey, fuck you. (laughs) But also, look at me. Yeah. While you're fucking off. But the the thing that I uh, understand the least is when there's someone who apparently decided it on behalf of the child. Children don't have their own minds. Uh, I saw one uh, on this same dude tour. Uh, Yeah, same kid, 14, 15. uh, T-shirt said. Yeah, a little shit. Uh, teacher said, uh, $5 foot long with an arrow pointing at his dick. Wow. Now, that's not about polygamy, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, th- I, had this, I had this moment, this sort of like what's wrong with America moment the other day. And I don't have a lot of these. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not George Carlin. I don't sure. look for it. But uh, I, uh, I'm not Louis Black just trying to think of something that he hasn't yet been angry about. <laughs> um, but I, I, was at, uh, I was at the Foster's Freeze. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever stopped by the Foster's Freeze. Uh, they got this product called the Twister. Um, I don't know. Maybe you would know it as as the Dairy Queen's Blizzard. Oh, the tw- oh, the twi- that's clever. the McFlurry or the McFlurry. I don't know why they're all weather themed. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you want to have an association with the. Uh, I mean, you're, I think you're the, to, dangerous yeah, weather. Well, you, the Blizzard is the original. That's right? why they sponsor Ice Road Truckers. Sure. <laughs> Brought to you by get the same thrill as the Ice Road Truckers without risking your life. So I I and you know what? Like I I love. 
blizzards. Yes. I think they taste great. Yes. I think they're a big improvement on both candy and soft serve ice cream. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. I, it's one of those things where one it's, plus one equals five. It's like as the far as it's I'm like concerned. the Beatles of uh, dessert products. There are. Do you prefer the Twister to the Blick? Do you have? Do you, is there one the brand of these? They're the same product. Okay. <laughs> these is are all the same thing. Is there a different kind? Like. Do the companies associate with different kinds of candy? Like, is one in bed with Mars and one is in bed with Nestle? Same so. candies. Okay. <laughs> Same candy. You're talking about the Reese's Pieces. Yeah, there's, you got there's your Reese's M&M. Pieces, you got your Reese's Cups, you got your Butterfinger. That's my candy choice. Candy companies are like the Old West. There's no rules. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah. It, Martial law. It's wide open. Um, and I, I, I'm a big man with a big appetite. Okay? I, I'm six foot three inches tall. I'm over 200 pounds. I'm no W. Kamau Bell. I'm not seven feet tall, 429 pounds. No, no. I don't have a Shaquille O'Neal physique. Mm. Um, but I'm a big, I, like I said, 90th yeah. percentile. Yes. And I, I have a moderately active lifestyle. I do a lot of walking, and I eat a lot. I'm a big eater. I, yeah. I, I like to eat. I eat a lot of food relative to most people. It's, I your, uh, it's your Italian heritage. Sure. Hey, I'm at a cake boss. <laughs> Everything is Italian in my whole show. All I have is saying that I'm an Italian. <laughs> Sorry. I'm okay. obsessed with the one episode well, no, of Cake Boss said, I saw. He makes the most sad-looking cakes. I think it's funny that, <laughs> that it's definitely about the Italian thing because those cakes, I'm like, I, we've seen enough of those shows, and I'm like, that's not very good. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> you, of feel like, you feel like there's other impressive cake yeah, shows yeah, that I make feel like better there's cakes. better cake people I've seen make those cakes. Like, yeah. the dude, yeah, it's like, that doesn't look like a paint can at all. But then, <laughs> but then his, my granduncle is coming to visit from a Sicily, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so we're all going to have an Olive Garden a commercial. <laughs> um, Abundanza. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big man with a healthy appetite. Um, but I'll tell you, um, I order... There's, I know with the Foster's Freeze, there's three sizes of Blizzard. One of them is like the junior size. It's something that implies it's for babies. <laughs> one of them is a medium and one of them is a large, okay? Yes. I order the junior one size. One is nuclear winter. It's <laughs> the biggest size. I, I order the junior size of these things. This thing is like, I don't know, maybe it's... It's got to be 14 ounces of ice cream <laughs> in this. Like it's, they serve them in what amount to soda cups? Yes, right. But it's ice cream and yes. candy in the soda cup, and they want you to think that buying it. I mean, I'm not a, obviously, you know, for all these sort of like uh, uh, all these sort of like uh, omnivores dilemma rule reasons. I can understand why it's bad to even order the sodas. Yeah, uh, supersize me, whatever. But, like, a medium soda, that's a, what, a 20-ounce beverage or 24-ounce beverage. Yeah. That's more beverage than you need. Mm-hmm. But it's reasonable to think that someone could drink that much of a beverage because they're not even noticing the amount of calories they're putting into their body because it's only coming and from And also, the sugar. you might drink the soda over a long period of time. You might have Exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. Now, the junior size is roughly 14 ounces. <laughs> now... Let's be clear. That's nearly a pound of ice cream. <laughs> that is that is nearly that is like more this, ice these cream. Are, these are tightly packed too. Yeah, this is jammed. Don't in they there. even have a, maybe a machine that stomps it down yeah, to make sure that there's stomper. no dead space? And you can turn it over and it doesn't fall out. Yeah. It's all, yeah. yeah, it's so jammed in there. That's a, and that's the junior size. I think the medium size. You're looking at. A pound and a half of ice cream and candy. And the large size has got to be 32 ounces. That's two pounds of ice cream. Who 
in the world is buying anything other than a size junior Blizzard? How could you possibly, even two people? I am like I I will eat a junior Blizzard and feel like I've been gluttonous. <laughs> I will eat. I will share a junior size Blizzard with my wife. And feel like I've eaten plenty of yes. ice cream. And that's, again, as somebody who loves ice cream and eating a lot. Well, you know, you say who would do that. Uh, I know we li- we're, in, uh, we're in Los Angeles right now. Let me just take you an hour east. <laughs> <laughs> let's go on a little journey. Yeah, you know, you don't have to go that far. Let's go to Riverside. Let's go to Riverside. Why not? And we will show you who will eat those junior, who will eat the... <laughs> And then we will show you their knuckle tattoos. <laughs> exactly. Uh, come on. Do you have a do you have a fast food item that maybe against your better judgment you uh, you uh, you always get? I well no. I used to have. Uh, I used to, and I had this. I actually just was like, I can't even. Uh, you the McFish. The McFish. <laughs> no, the McRib was. A, oh, that was. There, even though there was clearly no rib in it. No, the uh, Jamba Juice. Remember when we thought Jamba Juice was just fruit? Sure. <laughs> remember, 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 remember how we went through that period of time? I remember when America thought that. Yeah, I don't we, know if I ever bought into okay, it fully, yeah, but... Yeah. Here's the tip-off to the reason that's not true. When All they... Jamba Juice employees are horribly unhealthy looking. <laughs> yeah. You'd think that like their image yeah. is supposed to be, you know, like, like, like farm-raised goodness. You'd think they would get to try and... Go the extra mile and get some, you'd you know, You'd think they'd have healthy... one of those alternative apparel situations yeah. where the CEO just gets delivered a stack of... Uh, uh, American apparel. Oh, uh, American apparel situations where the CEO just gets delivered a stack of Polaroids to jack off to every morning <laughs> sure. and select who's the most on brand. Who's the most on... Yes. That's... But yeah, it's like they don't even try. They will They will hire the most, uh, the dumpiest, most pockmarked... Well, they don't care what the people look like because once you have one, you really have to, like, stop yourself. Like, you know, like you, if they know it's... Instantly addictive, so they're like, you, you're going to come in and take whatever you want. I yeah. think another big sign that it might not be healthy is when they scoop the ice cream into it. Yes, yes. <laughs> when you say, I'd like, like an orange, and it's like, what? That's a lot of ice cream in there. Now, yeah. I noticed the last time I was there. And when you they get have, one called the, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, oh that they have non-ice cream ones now. I'm wondering if those are actually anything. They No, they do the have some thing? that are like are, that are now just juice, and those taste horrible. <laughs> They taste the ice not. cream is the secret. The ice cream is yeah. I mean that surprise, was surprise. That was the revolution that Jamba Juice brought to the smoothie industry. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm a San Francisco native. I was no stranger to smoothie bars before yes. Jamba Juice took over America. Yes. But what they, but what Jamba Juice did <laughs> is they took out the banana and put in ice, ice scoops yes, of ice yes, cream. Yeah. And so I would. And so I think also my other problem with Jamba Juice is the one I was getting. Which is is it a particular flavor? What, yeah, it was a particular flavor. Which maybe maybe it's my fault for thinking it might be healthy, but it was the chocolate mood. <laughs> oh, you I know, assumed I, I was buying it inside of a jam it, juice. You bought it for racial slash political reasons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was uh, reading one of those, uh, just like in the airport bookstore. I was reading one of those uh, "Eat This, Not That" books, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, that's you know it goes through like popular restaurants that are everywhere and gives you the worst option, and then gives you like. You know, a healthier alternative. Uh, it specifically mentions that particular that Jamba the, Juice yeah, it's drink. Like one of the worst fast food th- things of any now, category. Let me ask you this: When you go into the Jamba Juice and you're inside a Jamba Juice, but you're ordering the chocolate mood, would you say that's a perfect 21st ex- century expression of W. E. B. Du Bois's double consciousness? <laughs> yes, that, I would say yes. To I would be say in that, a jumble, Jamba I'm Juice, ordering, ordering a, the chocolate, a chocolate mood. mood. Yes, a, a, a large chocolate mood. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, uh, but yeah, that was. I think WB was was specifically thinking about Jamba Juice. 
with his future brain. Jordan, do you? I mean, you're always on the road, so you're always in places where you don't know what the restaurant is, and you're in a weird. You're in like an airport where there's only three choices, and you got to eat something. Are there things that you indulge in? Oh, let's think. Um, bu- 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 bu. Uh, I mean, um, uh, on the topic of do tour. Uh, the um, yeah, they uh, must have Mountain Dew everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Do tour always in a hot, uh, always in a hot place, uh, or at least a hot a t- place that's hot the time of the year that I'm there. Uh, the kind of place that has a lot of emptied out swimming pools for people to practice their do tour skills. In. Sure. Sure. Um. So yeah, it's always hot. It's always a lot. You know, a long day outdoors. Uh, water, a little tough to find. Mountain Dew, not tough to find. <laughs> oh, and if you want a code red, if you want oh. a, uh, if you want a gamer fuel, I love that Mountain Dew made their like they now they name their drink things that don't even sound like drinks. Like they don't even sound like you know, right. Yeah, it's not even like a yeah. tropical getaway. No, it's no, just no. Like, it's, yeah. it's just yeah. chemical explosion. Exactly. <laughs> rage, <laughs> <laughs> electric rage, face rape. Yeah, you can't, and from the name, you can't tell what it's going to taste like. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, yeah. it's, it's called. Yeah, what does code red imply? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's, an I emergency. Guess, it's raspberry yeah. flavored. Sure. <laughs> it tastes like gooseberries. <laughs> raspberry is the fruit of emergency. Sure. Yeah. Wait, is there really something called Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel? Uh, there is. I don't know if it is still okay. Ma- a big thing here's I've learned a lot about Mountain Dew over sure. the past few years. Uh, since Mountain- you've been in the Dew business, sure. Uh, since, you've been, the, since you've been doing it, I, hey, yes, I am in a professional comedian. Dew-based <laughs> industry. Um, they deal a lot in uh, like limited editions. Like they'll have something that'll be available for a limited time, and uh, it seems like there is a lot of like there's like. You know how the, there's guys, like Asian guys, who will line up for sneakers? Yeah. Who, like, sure. camp out for sneakers? Sure. I, Mountain Dew, I think, has a, a soda-like equivalent of that. Really? Yes. <laughs> like, people who will stock up on The new Dew is out. The new Dew is out. Yeah, right. Um, hey, you got those Dew 3s. Those are ill. <laughs> sure. Uh, so they had, I don't know if they have gamer fuel anymore, but it was, uh, had World of Warcraft themed flavors. Well, because they realized that a lot of, because Mountain Dew has always been known to have like the most caffeine and the most sugar. And so they realized, it was that thing where they accidentally realized, wait a minute, I think video game people are drinking this. Yeah, to stay up to play World of Warcraft. So (laughs) no one. Let's market it straight at them. Yeah, right, exactly. Let's let's pander. Yes. (laughs) Pander away. I don't mean to insult World of Warcraft. No, why wouldn't you? It's. (laughs) Nothing ridiculous about it. Um, But isn't that like a sort of questionable thing for an extreme brand to associate itself with? Has 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 young male culture collapsed in on itself so much... That World of Warcraft is the same as wakeboarding? Yeah, you know that's 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 a great that's a great question, and I think that's absolutely because I feel like you know maybe when we were growing up, the kids who liked the Dew Tour or Dew Tour like things mm-hmm. uh, would be the kids who thought that the you know World of Warcraft Dungeons and Dragons Final Fantasy set were gay. Yeah, uh, I don't, or queer or queer. Excuse, yes. I'm sorry, sissies. Yes. Um, I think that is not really a thing anymore. I think it I think in you know within the older element of the do tour crowd uh the knuckle tattoos. Sure. That is still a thing. It's still guys like that one scary punk rock guy that came over to my house that one time. Sure. 
Uh, exactly like Dwayne Peters. Um, but yes, I think now teenagers just play video games, and I don't think it's associated with nerdiness per you can, se. You can wakeboard on the video game. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. So Their the... relationship to skateboarding is mediated through Tony Hawk in the same way that my relationship toward reading a zone defense is mediated through John Madden football. Exactly. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I think, and if someone has teenaged kids, I might like to hear some clarification on this, but I think that now I video like games. If someone is if, if there's anyone in the world out there. <laughs> Find who, them. Who has a teenage child. Please. I know it's, uh, yeah. Maybe you know someone. Maybe, maybe we should be more specific about our turns, terms. By teenage, we mean between the ages of 13 and 19. Okay, <laughs> good, good. Ah, hell, we might as well ask for the Loch Ness Monster while we're at it. <laughs> Um, Nelly, give us a call. 206-984-4FUN is the number. Sure, but I think uh, I think video games are not necessarily nerdy, whereas maybe when we were growing up, it was automatically, it was automatically something that was a like little a embarrassing. Thing. Yeah. Well, no, and I think that happened through the... Like, Madden is a great example of, like... Yeah, yeah. Once video games, it wasn't just, like, you were killing aliens or, like, the old school video games were, like, Lemonade Stand, you know? Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. You know, when it was, like, actually, like, wait, I'm doing dude things. Wait a minute. Sure. Are you saying that Lemonade is nerdy? Are you insulting Lemonade? Do you was, realize that you're talking to the king of the fruits? I was trying to get that in without having to... Uh, you Jesse, directly. about that nickname. <laughs> uh, not to be... I just want to... Uh, oh, before you print up the t-shirts... Uh, I have one consideration. Uh, we'll be back in just a second with more on George Jesse Go. La, la, la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. W. Kamau Bell, having stepped out of the room, we take a moment to record a few brief announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, The Sound of Young America coming live to New York City, the WNYC Jerome L. Green performance space on October 22nd. We just booked our first guest, Jordan. Mm. Can well, you? Is this something that's public knowledge at this point, or... or? Are you, are you going to give hints? I'm not going to tell you the name of this guest. Mm-hmm. I will say that it was, that this person was my number one choice. Okay. I will also say that this person is no stranger to the Maximum Fun world of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And she, it, it, he or she is as sweet as candy. Oh, Godzilla. And her brother is David Sedaris. <laughs> it's a secret, though. It is. It's we haven't announced it yet. I already spoiled it. It's these all point to Godzilla. It's it's Mothra. You're very close. Oh, it's shit. Mothra. Um, that's coming up October twenty second uh, in New York City. So mark your calendars. We haven't put tickets on sale yet. Um, it's sort of up to them to put tickets on sale. Uh, we'll announce it as soon as we've got a, a more full picture of the lineup. We're scrambling to uh, book guests as we speak. Um, also, uh, we have a special birthday message. Hmm. September 28th is the birthday of Vana in Sydney, Australia. Sure. And uh, Vana's friend Emma would like to wish her happy birthday and to say thank you, not just for helping her through a tough time this year, but for being a great all-around friend for the past 14-plus years. Oh. Isn't that nice? What lovely Australians. I know. Well, let's give them the, the typical Australian birthday greeting. May the kookaburra not rest by your billabong. <laughs> um, you know, not all Australians are tax evaders. No, you may get that only picture. Paul Hogan. You may get that picture because Crocodile Dundee is on house arrest. 
at his dead mother's house in Australia right now or something like that. Um, did we talk about Paul Hogan last week on the I show? I think we... I mean, I've definitely had an extended Paul Hogan conversation sometime last week. It <laughs> might have been on the podcast. It might have been just casually. I'm just going to mention it just in case anybody didn't listen last week. Paul Hogan's argument seems to be that he doesn't have the money, and that's why he shouldn't have to go to jail for tax evasion. (laughs) He seems to think, not just that that's like, it's not like a last-minute thing, he seems to think that's a reasonable argument. Yeah, That's what's going on in the head of Crocodile Dundee. Anyway, uh, (laughs) speaking of broad ethnic stereotypes of an entire nation, happy 27th birthday to Vanna. Um, If you want to uh, put a message on a Jordan Jesse Go uh, program, we keep it cheap. We got a big audience, but we're keeping it cheap because sure. it's like, it's for the people. Right. There's no adamandeve.com bullshit. No. It's for the people. Though if anyone from adamandeve.com is listening, we want your money. And your dildonics. Sure. Uh, send us... Uh, but send, until then, fuck them. Send an email Send an email to our development director, Teresa Thorne, at teresa at maximumfund.org. It's only 100 bucks for a personal message or 150 for a business message, it's it's uh, very affordable no matter what the occasion may be, whether it's the launch of TweetBoner.biz or <laughs> the birthday of a friendly Australian woman. Um, Teresa at MaximumFun.org. T-H-E-R-E-S-A. We'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Debbie Kamau Bell, Roseanne Cash. Oh, I just read her name over You there. just read the name uh, on a book that's uh, on my bookshelf. Oh, I, was, I was trying. I, was, I should have gone with Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is cooler. Although have she's guys, cool. Have you guys ever watched the Anthony Bourdain show on television? I love the Anthony Bourdain show. I like the Anthony Bourdain show, too. I just... Um, there's some, for one thing, I think Anthony Bourdain really is a great television personality. And That's right. Yeah, it's really nice that it's really nice to have someone on television that doesn't seem interested that interested in bullshit mm-hmm. and aspires to be at least somewhat highbrow. Mm-hmm. So that's my very sincere compliment I, I of Anthony Bourdain. But yeah. yeah. That's my sincere. I like. But like, I think Anthony Bourdain seems like a really like cool, interesting guy. I enjoy the television show, which is more than can be said of basically any other unscripted television show besides the Antiques Roadshow sure. um, or Cakebots. <laughs> you got you got to watch Pawn Stars. I've watched Pawn Stars. Uh, okay, well, I, I'm the guy on Pawn Stars is a similar. I was. Uh, let's yeah. talk about Pawn Stars for a second. Have you seen Pawn Stars? I Jordan? have not. It's been uh, it's been hanging around the Netflix on demand world. And I consider is, it sometimes, but it's it never great, happens. You, especially if you watch like two or two in a row, you'll it'll start it'll start to. It's like it's okay. like a great jazz album. You have to really listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. This is what Pawn Stars is. It's the Antiques Roadshow. Is yeah. the is the core of it? Yes, yeah. it's someone bringing something into this pawn shop in Las Vegas. And the main guy is seems like a really bright... He's mm-hmm. like... He comes across really well on television, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sort of the star of the show. And he sort of will like talk a little bit about the history connected to something and then give it a value and they decide whether or not to sell it to him or pawn it to him. And th- the problem really with the program... And I... This is like right up my alley, right? Because sincerely, like the Antiques Roadshow is pretty much my favorite television show. Um, certainly my favorite unscripted television show. I love it. I love stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom's kind of an antiques dealer. Like, it's sort of in my family. Like, I, I'm into it. 
And so this is sort of the show that would be right up my alley. Although Matt Belknap told me I should be watching something called Pickers. Or some American, guys, American Pickers. American Pickers. Um, but uh, it's not on Netflix On Demand, so it's not in the cards. <laughs> and so basically, this is what happens on this show. One thing happens, and then they cut to somebody saying directly into the camera exactly what just happened. <laughs> and then they put a graphic on the screen that says, this just happened. Uh-huh. And you, they tell you every... There's only, like any reality television show, only one thing happens in each episode. But they tell you about it 75 times in a row. <laughs> like, they'll just be... Like, if there's some, like, drama in it, like, there's a little bit of that monster garage element where, like, the d- grandpa is angry at the son yeah. and they're angry at the lady or whatever. And they'll just tell it to you. Like, their idea of dramatic development of, a, of an idea in the narrative of this narrative show is that they'll just be like... They'll just show, like, somebody being like... Grandpa's angry at Bill, and then Grandpa will be like, "I'm angry at Bill," <laughs> and then it'll show Bill, and then it'll just say, "Grandpa's angry at him" in a super graphic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll th- just do that for twenty minutes and call it a television show. While people come in and bring their uh, random bits of crap from their closets to uh, to pawn in the pawn shop, That's, yeah. Which is the part of it I I I appreciate the fact that he's clearly ripping people off. <laughs> That's the part, like you know, people walk in here like even with things that are nice, like. I have a, a part of the, you know, I have a part of the Apollo 13 landing craft that <laughs> was given to me, and it's signed by all the astronauts. And he's like, "I'll give you forty bucks." <laughs> I'm like, I was hoping for forty thousand. I'm he's 40, like, 40. I don't know, thirty five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Lower. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take. It. Yeah. And it's like, and people always walk out having been completely ripped off. Yeah. Well, so with Anthony Bourdain, to his credit, he doesn't just say what's happening over and over and over, which is really rare. And I think that is the the thing about reality television that I makes it so that I can't watch it more than anything else. It's just that that the worst exposition in the world just being repeated over and over and nothing happening. That mm-hmm. part of it. Um, but Anthony Bourdain doesn't do that. He goes around, does different stuff. But number one, Anthony Bourdain is not cool. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be... I think he would argue with you. He's like... I mean, he's pretty cool for a 50-year-old. He, he says... He, he talks about the Ramones a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> a lot. A lot. He probably met John Spencer Blues Explosion when he asked them to record his theme music or whatever. Like, he's, he's cool for a 50-year-old, but I'd rather not him be, him be doing stuff that seems clearly specifically oriented towards demonstrating to me that he's cool when he's not that good at it, when he's wearing like a... When he's wearing like a black leather car coat, <laughs> you know what I mean. When, they, when like, he's going uh, to get tattoos, when he's you know, yeah. That's like uh, that's the one thing. Does that he get a lot of tattoos on the show? He, I've seen a show where he had a tattoo. Okay, I don't know if it happens every week. <clears throat> and the, <laughs> the other thing that I'm not sure about it, and again, these are things that it's like I don't want to put it on him personally because I don't actually think that it's him personally. I think it's something about making this kind of show and that he's actually been remarkable in how resistant to this kind of shit he's been. But uh, the other thing about it is that he will try and find meaning in anything. Mm -hmm. And he is so unashamed to be just absurdly purple in the writing of this program. <laughs> like, anything that happens on this show has so much deep sim- symbolic meaning <laughs> to him, and it's so, like, it's so shallow, <laughs> that symbolic meaning. 
Well, and I would say I think it's funny. I think there's. Have you? Do you ever watch uh, Andrew Zimmerman, Zimmerman's uh, Bizarre Foods? No, I haven't seen it. Like that to me, they're like sort of like they're on the same channel. They're basically the same exact show. The same setup is the, the same guy setup. going like around, eating around something eating, weird and eating, yeah, eating weird things. Except Zimmerman's show, there's no meaning at all. Right, like it's an it's a half hour of him going like, "That's oh. disgusting," <laughs> like, you know, like or like. That's not so disgusting. Like, there's no... It's exactly what it is, and I can't stand it. Have you guys seen Man versus Food? Yes. I have seen Man versus Food. <laughs> I kind of yes. like Man versus, Man versus Food. food. I, I keep finding... How do you get qualified to be the host of that show? That's what I want to know, because he's not really he, funny. He says, in the, uh, he says in the intro, he's like, uh, he's like, I've worked in every aspect of the restaurant business, and that's it. Like he <laughs> says that when he introduces, like, okay, yeah, because I googled him. I'm like, he doesn't. He, there's nothing. He wasn't like a competitive eater, right? He's yeah, not yeah. Like a, he wasn't like he's not like one of those things where he's a comic and they just thought they throw him. In. I'm like, wh- who? He feel like one of the producers must have just known him. Be like, that dude eats a lot. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's here's, not you, like here's... he used to host Double Dare. Is what we're yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yes. Here's the thing I about him that I was thinking about. Yeah. is that he's like a big guy, but he's not depressingly fat. Like that show yeah. could be. Yeah. That show could be depressing. Like real like, easy. Here's like here's just a a a you know twenty minute trip through America's. The worst parts of it America. Can, it could be brought to you by the producers of Hoarders. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Plus, he's got that gel in his hair, which gives him a nice, clean, vertical line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But, you know, he's like a big, stocky bro, but he's not so fat that, you know, you fear for his health. Yeah. Like, yeah. he seems at least healthy, so, like... He's like That's not... the qualification. Yeah. Yeah. So someone, we want a show where someone's doing something awful, yeah. but we want some kind of visual representation of the fact that it's going to be okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. for sure. And yeah, I think Don't that, worry about oh, it. Oh, I guess for people who haven't seen, the premise of Man vs. Food is this guy goes around uh, and... Um, you know, like, the, the food challenges that are always that, like, you know, the local... The local hotspot, the, like the, if the you eat it, this, you win a T-shirt. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, eight pound burritos, stuff like that. He will find these things and learn about them and then eat them. Anyway, but yeah, I think that's the uh, that's that's the thing that makes. I, it I okay. feel like they're missing the whole the the thing. I like that show, but I feel like there's a whole second half hour of the show of what the next day of his life is like. After the <laughs> just, food challenge, like, yeah, you should be able to see. He should I've, he should film the shit in the toilet. That he so I just feel like there's like they're not showing us oh, the like God. the next the next two or three days of like oh Jesus <laughs> like of just maybe oh. that could be a web extra that I would to I see would the totally shit. Log on to travelchannel.com <laughs> the web slash man v food because he always ends like oh that was pretty good. But I'm like you haven't really experienced. We don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, you want to see him fall apart. I want to see him fall physically apart. and emotionally because there's clearly there's clear. I want to know how there's clearly probably. A week between episodes where he has to just like I'll be all right. you want to watch his, right. you want to watch the spikes in his hair wilt exactly <laughs> over exactly. the course of 24 hours my my least favorite moment of the I don't know if it's least favorite but anyway they did a San Francisco episode and I was like oh let's see where they where are they going to go in San Francisco because I don't know that it's a restaurant city it's not known as like a eat the huge steak city and get a t-shirt yeah sure. so I'm like where are you going to go it's not the Texas State Fair no 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 I don't know if you've ever heard about the Texas State Fair uh, a good way to hear about it is to listen to any NPR program or any other news outlet during the, Texas, the Texas State, State Fair <laughs> God we get it they batter things and fry them at the State Fair we figured that out 15 years ago news media they're hmm. still doing it um, anyway sorry no so he so I'm like where's he going where's, where's the food challenge in San Francisco 
And he goes to some place called the San Francisco Creamery, which I was like, oh, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> I'll write this down. <laughs> uh, might not be an ice cream shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. San Francisco Creamery. And it, was it a branch of the power exchange? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a basement. It was dark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was, with, it might, this is just a hole in a men's restroom. <laughs> there wasn't as much flavor as you'd hoped. Sure. Yeah, there was. I was like, no, I haven't heard of this place. Uh, and he goes, just, just across the bridge in Walnut Creek. <laughs> was the San Francisco cream rate. And I so thought, in the like, San Francisco episode, he doesn't really spend that much time yeah, in like, San Francisco. He goes to Walnut Creek. Which I thought was like, which would be like, just like, we're doing the LA thing in Riverside. Like, yeah, it's just, there's uh, no... It's like an hour. Like, it's like yeah. a, it's not just, I saw something wonderful. Somebody, somebody sent me this on the internet uh, because a couple oh, hold on, before ago. we actually sure. before we di- divert, sure. I want what did he eat at the San Francisco Creamery that it, was not in San Francisco? It was a, uh, it was just not just yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm moving on. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Was that all he did? He did some shit in Walnut Creek. He, yeah, he ate and he went to a lot of restaurants in San Francisco, but the challenges in Walnut Creek. And I thought it was funny because he's like, like, "We're here in we're here in the heart of San Francisco, yeah. San Luis Obispo," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny because I'm like, even people in Walnut Creek don't want to be called San Francisco. You've you've insulted two huge <laughs> cities based on that one thing. We're here in San Francisco, Walnut Creek. So. Th- that's far enough away from San Francisco that they feel like by being associated with San Francisco, you're calling them gay. Yes, and that's exactly. an insult. that is that far enough away. It's far enough away that they. Don't go there either. Like yeah. you know, it's it's like going it's like going to Paris. Like we we'll go to San Francisco, not this year. This this week on the San Francisco episode, we're in Wairica, <laughs> Wairica, California. Um, a couple weeks ago on the show, we were talking about how I like the show. My favorite reality television show is uh, what's that thing called? Les Stroud, Survivor Man. Sure, and oh, I like it yeah. because he fails. He mostly fails, and they show it. It's just it's sort of sad. It's a little sad. But it's it's admirable because he's really going for it, even though he's not that great at it, and um, and he sort of does the stuff. So whoever was with us, I don't remember who we were talking with about this, but was talking about Bear Grills. Yes, which apparently is the real name of the competitive show with this. <laughs> yeah, there's a big that that show went through a big scandal a couple years ago. Okay, so someone sent me this video because that he wasn't actually been... surviving, like he was. Yes, exactly, oh, for wow. that exact reason. The video that they sent me, um, and this may be old news to fans of internet videos or followers of Bear Grylls related <laughs> scandals. Bear Grylls, by the way, really sounds like a third tier no limit rapper. Like, <laughs> yes. That's that's Silk the Shocker's cousin, um, or again a branch of the Power Exchange. <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh, this video is amazing. It's the guy, and the guy's very handsome. You can see why he's on television. Very handsome, very fit. And he's talking about how dangerous it is to cross these chasms in Hawaii. These beautiful, these vast chasms across these bridges. And it shows him sort of like gingerly tiptoeing across this vast chasm, right? And then it cuts to uh, homemade footage of the same chasm. And the guy and a guy who just kind of walks across it normally, uh. and then it pans to the left, and literally fifteen feet to the left, the chasm ends, and then as it pans another fifteen feet to the left, there's the freeway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, he was yay. He, that was old. Th- well, I mean, watching that show back in the day because Survivor Man, he's he's literally. By himself, and he has to set up the camera to tell you what yeah. he's doing. He's got to like, fucking eat termites and shit because he not because he wants to teach you how to eat termites because he's fucking hungry. Yes, because he's so bad at hunting because he has it because he's brought no food and he's also t- carrying like sixty pounds of camera equipment yeah. on him. That. Whereas Bear Grylls, you're like, 
wait a minute, if you're surviving, there's a cameraman with you. Like, how is he doing? <laughs> All, <laughs> yeah, isn't he more impressive because yeah, yeah, he's yeah. holding a camera? All Les Stroud really gets is he gets that bandana to cover up his growing baldness. Yes, <laughs> and it's clearly a classic example, like, Bear Grylls is just better looking and has a better name. Les, <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll have more when we come back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. W. Kamau Bell, William Gibson of comedy. Okay. He imagines, he imagines the future and places it in the present. Yes. Mm. That's, that is what I, oh, I think I want to use that from now on. No. Okay. Uh, so then on the press release. Uh, yeah. I, oh, I am an honorary satirista as I look at that book. Because really? I, I performed on the live show in New York, so I'm a I'm a satirist alive. Oh, if there's a book too, I've been told we I'll should do, do next time we do Jordan Jesse go instead of talking about various topics that we've brought to the table, we should just have Kamau name different books on my book. Hey, no, no, yeah, no. Right? I have stories. I have, I have things to say about a lot of those books. Nick Hornsby, I'm a big fan of him. Oh, he's uh, such a good guy. He's our official namer. He helps us name stuff on Jordan Jesse go. Really? Yeah, Nick Hornsby, the greatest. He's he, the greatest. He, he is the greatest. He. Uh, He's oh. I heard his uh, new record with Ben Folds. I heard the single from it. Mm. Uh, it's really lovely. I thought it was really good. I didn't. I was worried he, that I would hate it. The thing is that he wrote the lyrics and Ben Folds writes the music. Yeah, and, and then sings. he also does a little bit of sort of recitation. Okay, there's a, like a recitation element, and then Ben Folds singing also. Oh, great. It's more Ben Folds singing, but a little bit like I think. Think if I remember from college correctly, like the Ben Folds William Shatner album had not singing singing on it. Sure. That was surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. You're sort of like, oh, yeah, I kind of buy into this. I didn't really expect to buy into this. It has some of that on it. Good. I, I thought it was really lovely. So you're understanding that this is a total, that I've made the show better by reading the books off your show. Sure. <laughs> okay. We'll right. talk, actually, we can, we, can talk about, uh, we can talk about Sag Harbor by Colson Whitehead, which is, uh, uh, Colson Whitehead took credit for it, but it was actually written by... Uh, Martha Stewart and Vernon Reed. That's true. Mm. That's true. Together. Little known fact. Um, okay, let's let's go to the telephones. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have a track list for these telephone calls. Uh, I did not screen these telephone calls. Julia, uh, our associate blind. producer on The Sound of Young America, screened them because uh, our intern was out today. And I look, I had a meeting with the Apple Corporation. Yeah, yeah. And you had fruit picking. I had, I had a fruit picking basket to buy for $9.99 at the Goodwill. So. Uh, I had an audition for an Altel commercial. So I don't think anyone can brag about their day because and mine was better. Kamau has a showcase show at the Comedy Central yeah, stage yeah. tonight. I so. will be performing for free tonight. So, so we've, all, we've all got shit going yeah, on, yeah. I think. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Dan Henrik from Chicago. I'm calling with a momentous occasion. I was uh, staying in my apartment with my fiance, um, and there's a big uh, German fest party going on down the street. So we're hearing a lot of foot traffic outside of our apartment, and we just heard uh, a group of girls walk past, and one of them shouted, okay, so the plan is we meet a bunch of cholos, and we tell them we're 18, to which another one uh, responded, yeah, but we only have two hours. So <laughs> <laughs> oh. Clock and realized, yep, it's two hours from curfew. So that's a pretty magical moment. I just wanted to share it. Love the show. Take oh, care. yay. Oh. Wow. What a beautiful moment in anyone's life. I insist that Dan call that into our sister podcast, uh, Stop Podcasting yeah, Yourself. Yeah, that's more of a stop podcasting yourself. Uh, uh, overheard. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. What a beautiful... Just 
If you thought Dan Henrik didn't bring enough joy to our lives through Jordan Jesse game. Um, and Penguin in the Pants. And Penguin in the, the Pants. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I, uh, I was in Chicago recently, and I hung out with Dan Henrik, not knowing him that well. We had met at Max FunCon, but sure. I'm like, I'm going to go out on a limb. I need somebody to hang out with. It was a delight. Seems like a delightful man. He oh, works for he's, Playboy. He's the best. Who could, how could you work for Playboy? Not well. You could be. You yeah, could be yeah. Creep. I think maybe probably yeah, odds odds pretty, against. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now thinking back, now that I've remembered what play what the content of Playboy is, mm-hmm. even above and beyond the nudity, you're probably a dick if you work for Playboy. <laughs> Surely not if you do the gear guide, <laughs> the shitty Maxim, or the jokes. Yeah, you write the. Is Maxim the shitty Playboy, or is Playboy the shitty Maxim? Well, Maxim is the shitty Playboy in that it doesn't have any boobs in it, any sure. naked boobs. Boobins. Um, but, play, but yeah, yeah, and and no no aspirations of trying to be cultural in any way. Yeah, but but Playboy really has aped Maxim's content. Yes. Um, in a really sad way. <laughs> you really wish that they would just go back to writing articles about the best hi-fis. <laughs> <laughs> and really just about hi-fis, actually. 20 yeah. questions yeah. with Dave Brubeck. <laughs> Norman hey, Mailer. Go. This is Dan Henrik from Chicago. Yep. I'm calling with a momentous... Hi, Jordan Jessica. This is Avi from Oakland, and I have a momentous occasion. I was at the farmer's market this weekend enjoying my uh, pretzel croissant, which, for the record, is better than the sum of its parts. And I noticed this, like, five-year-old kid near me was having a total conniption, just freaking out, having a big old tantrum. And I kind of sidled a little closer to figure out what this kid is screaming about. And then it turns out that he's going crazy because his parents won't buy him fennel. He wants (laughs) fennel. He really wants fennel. He doesn't understand why they won't buy him fennel, and they are freaking out, trying to decide if they will appease this child and actually buy him fennel. I wanted portobellos. <laughs> that is not an uncommon uh, conversation to hear in the Bay Area about kids being like, why can't we have sushi? I've heard those conversations many <laughs> when times. When we get home, I want to do my Balinese mask work. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a very common occurrence. Fennel. I've already got this rain stick. <laughs> Hi there, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Uh, this is Darren calling from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Just to clarify, that's you, the guest. When they say guest, they're talking about you, W. Kamal Bell. I just think I got a new nickname. Yeah, guest. I'm calling with an occasion that I think is momentous, and I think Jesse will think is momentous, but Jordan might find a bit traumatic, so you might want to stop listening. What about guest? Um, I was <laughs> out gardening and uh, working in my yard, harvesting potatoes. As a Prediction. He met Don Caveman Robinson, starting pitcher for the San Francisco Giants in the late 1980s. <laughs> That's my prediction. That's a, it's not for sure. It yeah. could be Willie McGee. Yeah. Um, That's not a euphemism. I was harvesting some potatoes and stumbled across a bunch of grass that had been pulled up and put in a weird way. And when I mo- went to move it, I found a bunch of baby rabbits. We actually at first thought they were mice, but decided that they were too small for, or too big for mice, rather. And so after doing a little bit of internet research, discovered that we have baby bunny rabbits approximately oh. five or six days old from what photos online seem oh to indicate. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we, you know, have tried oh. to put the nest back in position and hope that the mother will come out and still continue to nurse. 
But in particular, we have a bunch of tiny little bunny rabbits oh. that are both very adorable and a little creepy looking. And they <laughs> might eat each other. Um, just thought that you guys might be interested in that at my momentous occasion. Oh. I was so sure, and they were delicious. Ah, here, was, here it comes. They, they, they were delicious. They weren't big enough to fillet, so we just made them into a soup, and the bones <laughs> get soft enough you can eat them whole. Sure. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think that's horrifying. I just think it's boring. <laughs> to be fair. Jimmy and Walla Walla. One of my housemates brought home a newspaper from 1918 that they were, I guess, getting rid of at the library. Uh, there's some real gems in here. One article is headlined Springdale, Jersey Cow Gives Birth to Fawn. Uh, and the farmer is quoted several times saying that it is a deer in every particular. Uh, there's also. Some of the particular, none of the particulars are cow particulars. No. <laughs> a comic by a guy named, it just says by Ryder, R-I-D-E-R, uh, makes no sense and is very unfunny. Uh, if, if you want me to, I can take a picture of it and upload it to the forums. But uh, yeah, got a newspaper from 1918. Uh, <sighs> See you later. Bye. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Just a newspaper from 1918. Mm-hmm. I was so afraid of that the comic was going to be like, and it's a black guy, and he's, uh, he's stealing a watermelon. <laughs> a watermelon. Sure. And the last panel, he gets shot in the face. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's political editorial cartooning, right? It's by an M. Stewart. <laughs> um, okay, next, Charles Schultz. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. This is Ben calling from Omaha with a momentous occasion. This actually happened a week ago, and I, you know, you, I know you guys prefer that I call it in as soon as possible, if not during. But I just it was just put out to my attention that it should be a momentous occasion, and I, I know it was. Now, uh, a week ago uh, was the anniversary of uh, my best friend passed away about a year ago this time, and uh, my friends and I decided to remember him by going to the Taco Bell and ordering one of everything in his honor. So we got literally one of every item on the menu. Grand total came to be uh, over $80. We took it all over to his uh, parents' house, ate it there, still about three-quarters of it left over. And uh, now it is all sitting in my other friend's refrigerator and freezer. And uh, I think he's still progressing to put that in his body to this day. Um, so I thought that was a pretty momentous occasion. Hope you guys do too. Thanks. Bye. We got some of the context of that. Yeah. We got Why that it was a that? tribute. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Jordan, if you die, if you, God forbid, sure, um, die prematurely, mm-hmm. which um, I almost certainly will, I swear that I will go to the Taco Bell. Thank you. And order one of everything for no reason. If I'm unable to eat it all, I will freeze it and eat it later. Sure. Uh, if you die prematurely, Jesse, I am going to buy myself a PlayStation 3. Um, just because I've been wanting to get one and yeah. looking for an excuse. No, it's what he would have wanted. Yeah, it's what he would have wanted. He plays Blu-rays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, another good reason. Yeah, yeah. I would have wanted you to have high-def home video. Thank you, thank you. I, and I know that about you, and it would be very important to me to... Guys, if either of you die prematurely, I'm going to jack off <laughs> four times a week for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm just as it. I currently do. Uh, there we go. I'm going to continue it just because you would want me to continue it. You wouldn't want me to miss a day. Well, we've got one more telephone call here. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. Um, this is Tilly. Uh, I was just listening to some old podcasts. I heard 
a guy, a dishwasher, call in and say he was listening to Jordan Jesse go on the job and the sad cast make him cry. Just want to let you guys know that I also listen to Jordan Jesse go um, at work as of today, because today is my first day at work. Uh, I am a student at Harvard, and I also clean bathrooms at Harvard. And uh, basically the great thing about this job is that you're just alone in somebody else's dorm room for an hour, and you get to listen to podcasts. And also, you're Matt Damon. <laughs> That's the other great thing. Wait, at Harvard, people she's clean... lost her memory, but she's getting it back slightly and learning that she was a spy. Wait, at Harvard, people clean your somebody cleans your bathroom. It's one yeah. of your peers, apparently. You a peer, a poor peer. Yeah, it's called the peerage system. <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible. That students called... clean other students' bathrooms. It, when you uh, when you attend an Ivy League school, and I don't know where you went to college, but obviously Jordan and I went to one of the lesser known Ivies, University of California, Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when you attend an Ivy League school, you're what we call a non-Ivy. Yes. yes. <laughs> you're ranked by social class. Yes. And those on the low end are asked to demonstrate. Stuff that a poor person might do for the educational benefit of those on the higher end of the spectrum. It's sort of a multicultural, cultural exchange type situation. So, so like a, a, a relatively rich student would say, demonstrate uh, sculling, which yes. is a type of boat racing. Yes. Um, whereas uh, uh, one of the relatively poor people might clean a bathroom for money. And then, and then the, the sculling student goes, Oh, all this time I thought bathrooms cleaned themselves. We did this week get a donation or an entry, I should say, in the King of the Children contest. Now, we'll explain how this contest works for your benefit, Kamau, and for anyone who came in recently. Um, We recently received a photograph, uh, or a drawing, I should say, of the Jordan Jesse Go uh, mythos. Um, of our world, the world that we've created, featuring Jordan and myself and various other recurring themes and characters. Much like the Duckiverse that was created for the Disney afternoon. <laughs> exactly. That included DuckTales and Darkwing Duck. Can I interject something about Darkwing Duck? You may. I don't know if we've thanked <laughs> Ian Brill. Ah. Uh, but Ian Brill, a good friend of this program who used to write the uh, Pod Thoughts column for MaximumFun.org, the reviews of podcasts, uh, works for uh, a comic book company. They hold the license to Darkwing Duck. He he got the job writing Darkwing Duck the comic book, and uh, he wrote Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson into Darkwing Duck the comic book. Now they are officially part of the Duckiverse. <laughs> so pick up episode uh, issue one, if you can, of uh, Darkwing Duck, or just start wherever you are. Thank you to Ian Brill for doing that. Um, so... In this contest, after we received that photograph, that picture, we realized we need to be in the children's picture business. It, they touch your heartstrings and your mm. art strings. Yes. Oh. Um, and, but we understand that our program is not appropriate for children. They won't, be able to, um, they won't be able to distinguish, for example, between our um, anti-homophobic slurs <laughs> and actual homophobic slurs. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's very complicated. It's a tricky web. You it's have to go tr- in assuming that you know us pretty well and that we love gays. Uh, yes, <laughs> we love um, gays. Uh, they, won't be able to, they won't be able to understand the, the ball parts, the parts where we're talking about balls. Sure. Yes. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they... All the, compli- all the complicated euphemisms you've used today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that they can't and shouldn't understand on our program. However, we really support creativity in young people, and we think that's so vitally important. I mean, music programs in school, 
Will I Am, Shakira. <laughs> Will I Am. <laughs> <laughs> Another child who needs to be supported. The we just want to prevent plum molestations. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we've created what we call the King of the Children contest. Here's how it works. We ask those, those of you out there in the audience who have children to enter this contest by describing <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go to your children. Wow. Not allowing them. Do not allow them to listen to it. It's not appropriate. But describe it to them and have them draw a picture of it. Then send it in to us. You can send it in digitally. You can email it to us at uh, jjgo at org, Or you can send it in in a mailing envelope. You can send it to our address, which is on the website. If you go down to the bottom and, and click About or Contact. Um, and so our goal is to get some representations uh, from different children uh, based on descriptions of the program. And the sort of secondary part of this is this is the King of the Children contest. And we will be crowning a King of the child- Children eventually. Um, however, we're really respectful of children's self-esteem. Um, we don't want to put any children down. So we're willing to lie for you, but you have to give us heads up. So if your child sends in a picture, we will say that they, you can tell them since they're not allowed to listen to the show that they are the king of the children. And as long as you give us a heads up, when we meet you and your child, we will address that child as king of the children. Well, this is a really, uh, you know, this is a, I think we get to get this program in schools. It's complicated. So we, we, got, this, uh, we got this entry from uh, Lisa, who is in, I'm looking at the return, in Salem, Massachusetts. Hmm. Um, she said, my two girls wanted to enter the king of the children contest as soon as they heard about it. What child wouldn't? <laughs> um, of course, I didn't let them listen to the show. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but I did show them our photos via a Google search, hmm. which is good, I, especially because if you Google search Jordan's name, the main one that comes up is the one time that we did Jordan paper dolls. And yeah. so we took a picture of Jordan in his underpants. Um, Fiona? After every job I've applied for uh, after that fact has probably seen that picture. Anyways. Yeah. So Fiona is eight years old. And uh, Neve, which is spelled N-I-A-M-H, uh, it's, a, it's an Irish name, apparently, uh, is 12, but will be 13 soon, which is the cutoff. Mm. Once she turns so 13, she's no just, longer eligible. Just, uh, just, under the, just under the wire. Just, yeah. But she does, she, does like, uh, she does like to draw. And so Lisa says she had them both submit something. And thanks. She's a donor. Thank you for donating. Hopefully everyone out there is, is a donor. Um, we've, got, we've got one... This is going to be oh this is Fiona's this is this is very mm, accomplished for okay. a, a drawing by an eight year old she's got a in there. she's got a picture of Coco and it's a better dog than I can draw remember when it's some a of, very good dog it has uh, there's like perspective on the legs you can tell that one leg is in front of the other a couple of those Max FunCon attendees at Max FunCon were uh, going around getting uh, getting people to draw either a dog or a dick in a notebook mm. I chose to draw a dog because I'm I'm no vulgarian. Um, everybody knows that, and this is much better than the dog that I drew. We should we should describe this as uh, this as pencil on paper. Yes. Yeah, classic. I, I would say that I look a little bit like me, and a little bit like Emo Phillips, mm-hmm. and a little bit like Mr. Peanut. You're yes. standing in front of a microphone. Uh, that's uh, for my stand-up comedy. You have yes. a, a very high-waisted pants. <laughs> Extremely high-waisted. A little bit blousy at the hips, too. Yeah. A little blousy nope. at the hips. Looks a little bit like something Blossom might wear. Sure. Uh, what am I? I'm, I'm holding something there. I don't know what I'm holding. It, I'm guessing it must be a microphone. Okay. Although it could also be a very small tennis racket. Or a pork chop. Yeah. Um, or... I was carrying one of those around with me. It is. It's a pork chop. You're right. <laughs> it's a pork chop. Now... 
This I am impressed at this drawing for an eight-year-old. Fiona is the new king of the children. Yes. Okay. Look at this thing. I can't believe a twelve-year-old wow. drew this. It features wow. a depiction yeah. of this is just, this is a spectacular picture. Now we'll scan these and put them on the internet. The only thing I don't like is the Coco just took a duty. duty. Yeah. How, how do you know that's Coco's duty? Could be so. Could be the dude. Could be the dog that was always pooping in my hallway in the well, old apartment. Might be. Um, Jordan, you're looking through a magic ring of some kind. Sure, I'm. I'm. I guess we're. We both are, but mine is more pronounced anyway. That I that we're drawn in the anime style. Yes, yes, yeah. And I believe that Speed Racer in the background is that. That's our logo, the Jordan Jesse Go Race Car. <laughs> oh, nice. And there's a broadcast tower in the back. I'm looking at a bunny calendar and talking on a headset microphone, a little bit like Madonna, which I think is fair. Sure, I'm a Madonna-like figure. Right. Um, and you're looking through either a magic ring or possibly, uh, it could be, um, oh, boy detective. It might be a oh, magnifying, it might be a magnifying glass. glass. Yeah, yeah, but it's oh. just, there's some interesting perspective going on. These yes. are spectacular. Sounds like we've yeah. got two new kings of the children. Fantastic. A tie. It was a tie. Well, I'm going to go with, I, because, because one of them is about to turn 13 and thus no longer going to be a child, going to become a, a teen. It's time and for it, her to learn disappointment. Frankly, is <laughs> yeah. already a tween. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the younger daughter, Fiona, because uh, this is a better picture that I can draw and Fiona's eight. Um, so... Thank you, Lisa, for entering your daughters in our horrible contest. Um, I hope I hope that those of you out there with children will will send in some pictures. Um, I know there I know there are children. What about that nice guy we met in Seattle? Uh, he brought his kids to meet us. They sure. they were drawing pictures based on Jordan Jesse Go T-shirts. Let's go get it going. Yeah. Uh, the address to send them into if you want to send in a hard copy is one five five three Silverwood Terrace, Los Angeles, California nine double o two six. Uh, you can rewind and listen to that again. I'm not going to say it again. Or you can just email it to us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. W. Kamau Bell, guest. Oh, it's great to have you here. Mm-hmm. Come on. It was a good time. It has been a joy to have you here. Yeah, thank a you. A delight to it's, have you it's here. It's been an honor to have been not sounding America and now Jordan Jesse Go. Yeah. You can, if you to want, Pete. If you want to listen to some of Kamau's great comedy, uh, uh, some of the stuff from his uh, very funny new CD called uh, Face Full of Flower, um, you can find it on The Sound of Young America. Just uh, it's a, just two or three months ago that Kamau was on that program. Yes. If you live in the Bay Area, you can see uh, Kamau hosting his monthly program, uh, the W. Kamau Bell Curve. Yes, and you can also, I will be in New York at UCB New York on October 21st. Mm. Boom. Boom. Big time. Um, and Kamau, of course, is all, all over the country performing his stand-up comedies. Uh, you know, on the Comedy Centrals and whatnot, all that good stuff. And, of course, your new podcast with Bad Brains. <laughs> oh, Bad Brains. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Every black rock band looks alike, huh? Aren't you, yeah. <laughs> aren't you hosting a podcast with 70s metal group Death? <laughs> yes, I am. And Mandrill and, uh, yeah. and Pure Hell. And, uh, yes, every, Chuck every Berry, black rocker. Right? Yeah. Aren't you, don't you host Berry. a podcast Every black guy who plays Berry. guitar gets to do a podcast with me is how it all works out. Um, I just want to mention, for those people who are in Los Angeles, uh, the second annual, it's not really annual, it's every six months or so, uh, Laugh Night, presented by The Sound of Young America at Art Share, is coming up on Thursday night, September 30th. Um, it features, we've already got booked, it will probably have even more than this, uh, Dana Gould, the Walsh Brothers, Maria Bamford, and Chris Fairbanks, uh, Jordan Jesse Go favorite Chris Fairbanks, will all be performing stand-up comedy sets in a taping for 
uh, The Sound of Young America. So those of you out there in podcast land can uh, look forward to hearing them in the coming months. And uh, those of you who are here in the Los Angeles area can look forward to buying some tickets and coming out to the show. Uh, the tickets benefit this great organization called Art Share here in Los Angeles that uh, uh, does arts classes of all different kinds for uh, underprivileged youth, especially in downtown L.A., where there are... Um, uh, downtown in East LA, where there are plenty of uh, kids who could use a great arts arts class. It's a really wonderful outfit, and um, yeah, so it's going to be a great it's going to be a great show. Uh, visit maximumfun.org for ticket and reservation information. Usually, the tickets are pretty cheap, so there's no excuse not to come. Um, and uh, hey, guess what? I am on this television program called The Grid on IFC. It airs uh, Thursday nights at seven thirty. Um, but check your local listings because it you know may change. It's only a 15-minute show, and you can find it on ifc.com. Um, and it's uh, really cool and fun. Um, I think that's it, right? Boom. Done. What a great show. Thanks, yeah. Kamal. Thanks, everybody. Well, we'll see you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go.